this series that I do every year just to catch everybody up. If you've, if you've uh, not been here, you can go back and listen to it online. Um, but this is a foundational series. And I want you to understand something. I want you to understand our why. Because when you understand our why, you understand what we do and then how we do it. And all those things about why we do everything. Because if you notice on the screens outside or on the, even on the sermon intros, and all, almost always we'll have something that says this. For, we want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And those are all based off what God told the Israelites. He made them four promises some people call them the four I wills, and getting them out of Egypt, getting Egypt out of them, putting them back into the position, restoring them like he created them as God's people. And then he said, now you're a people, you're a group, now go do something together. God says he's got some things he wants done, and we phrased it like this just to help us remember it, that he wants lost people saved to know God. Knowing God is God's highest priority, to know you. He wants saved people pastored. In other words, we talked last week about finding freedom that we can help you get through and get rid of your past. Pastored people trained. In other words, your gifts developed so you can do something with them. And then trained people mobilized. That's dream teams, serve teams in the community. That's serve team. Not even, maybe you're not even, it's not even something that affiliated with us. That you're serving somebody, showing people love, serving God. We've said it like this, and here's, the, here's how we break it down. First is you know God. That's, that's God's highest priority for you to know him. And it has everything to do not just with your eternity, but with quality of life and eternity. Because there's only two places you can go. One's good and one's not. One's perfect and one is completely the opposite of perfect. Then we want you to find freedom. That has everything to do with the quality of life here on earth. God has blessing for you in heaven. And yes, the Bible says that our time on earth is but a vapor. It goes by very quickly. But he's got some good stuff for you. And if you find yourself saying, well, life is good now, things are good now, remind yourself. Remind yourself that the Bible says that he's got more for you. There's all, God's always got more, more for us to do. And when he asks more of us, he gives us more. Today, we're going to hit on now the practical stuff. You know God. You've found freedom. You've dealt with your past. Your yesterdays are no longer controlling your tomorrows. And today we're going to talk about discover purpose. The promise God made in this line, he, when he says, I will, he says, I'm going to restore you. The promise is restoration. Him putting you back like he originally created you to be. For those of you who have been around, you've heard me share it this way before, that I've always wanted a red 65 Mustang ragtop. Just I've, since I was a kid. I mean, how do you know? There's two ways you can get a good one. If you're really, really lucky, you can find one that's all original, been sitting in somebody's garage, right? Hard to find, probably never happened. Or you can find it where somebody's got aftermarket parts to make it look like it was factory new. But no matter how much factory... Or, how many replacement parts you put on it, it never makes it new. What God does for us, he says, I'm going to take you now. You're, you've been messed up. You've made some mistakes. Now I've got you out. Now I'm not going to bondo you. I'm not going to put all these cheap parts on you. You're going to look just like you did the time when you rolled out of the factory. 
The Bible says, I'm restoring you because I've got a purpose for you. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. God's putting you back just like he created you. That you were created on purpose for a purpose. That one line, I don't know why it's so hard for a lot of us as Christians to really get. That you were created on purpose for a purpose. Even if your mom and dad, anybody, anybody, the kid, I wasn't, I was the oldest, so I was intentional. But I tell my younger brothers they were the oops. <laughs> Even if you're an oops, parents weren't planning on you, and look what showed up. The Bible's, no matter what your situation was in life, the Bible's clear that you were created on purpose for a purpose. God puts you here for a reason. And why that's so hard for a lot of us to understand I don't know. Again, in Exodus chapter 6, this is where we get all the four I wills. God says, I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to put you back into my, into my people group, and we're going to go change the world. He's putting us back to show us, show us that everything God created us to be, we can be. You know, on, in Easter, we do what we call the Easter survey, and we do it on Easter because that's when most of you are in church. And we're packed out so we would get the best sample. And we, we send out the survey, and you fill it out as you come in. And the top two, almost every year, the top two are, I'm stressed. How do I handle stress? And the second one is, why am I on this planet? What's my purpose? Well, why did God stick me here? Why, why am I in Sylvania? Why, why am I here and it seems to not be working? What's going on? God, there's got to be a purpose behind this. And if that's our top two. So coming, we're going to do this again in October just to give you a preview of what's coming. Coming in October, we're going to again do the You Ask For It series. And these are a series of sermons based on the questions that you, you asked. I need help with stress. I need help with purpose. I need help with um, what does God say about the end time? Are we at the end time? Things like that that you guys have asked for. So that's coming in October. See, you need to understand this, though. And this is why I think we struggle. You can never be removed from your purpose. Even if you mess up, even when you walk away from God and run away from God, your purpose is attached to you. People have told me, Clint, well, you don't know what I've done. God may have had a purpose for me, and I felt like as a child maybe I was supposed to be doing this or serving here or going here, and I didn't, and now God's just taken that from me. No, no, he can't because he created it in you. The Bible actually says, if you look at one verse, it says that he knew you before you were even in your mother's womb, and he knows every hair on your head. He knows every step you would take. And the Bible is clear, he's not going to take your purpose from you. You can't be removed from your purpose. Well, if that's true, then this question remains. Why do over 80, it's a huge number, 80% of people, of Christians, never actually figure out their purpose. They, it's not an eternal issue because their eternity is secure. They may even find freedom from the things of their past, but they never really see why they're here on the planet. They never figure out what makes, and let me tell you this, and you can like this or not, but it's just true. People who tell me, I just want to be fulfilled in life, 
you're not going to be fulfilled until you figure out your purpose. No job is going to make you fulfilled. No amount. Of, now listen, I agree. I would. I told Melanie the other night when they were giving away the however many billion dollar lotto. Don't get me wrong. I would be excited. And we'd have a little dance party, and we'd burn the building note, and then we, you know, we all. I'd be. I'd do that if you won it, because I know you're faithful and honest, and you're going to tithe right when you win it. So I would dance with you. But all that billions of dollars is not going to make you fulfilled. Now, it would be fun for a while, but it's not going to make you live fulfilled. That happens when you find your purpose. Why is it so hard for us to believe that I have value? Why is it so, so ingrained in people? We say, God doesn't want me representing him. Well, I, I would beg to argue this point with you that your starting place is wrong. Because a lot of us set our value like this. I'll put it on the screen here. That I base my value on what I've done. How good I've served. And we've got, a, Melanie said earlier, the kids next door, the building, we're just, we're out of room. And the dream team, you guys are doing an awesome job. All of our dream teams do as they serve. But as much as I love them, them just serving doesn't count value to God to get them to eternity. He honors you for doing it, and he rewards you for doing it, but that doesn't get you to eternity because that's not your value. Your value is not based on what you've done. That my value is based not on what I do, but what he's done. Let me say that again because I think only Todd got it. My value is not based on me and my mess and my stuff. My value is based on what God has done. Some of you ought to stand up because you know your history, you know where you've been, you know what you've done. And that would be one that you give me a full-on wave. Whoo, glory. Right? Amen. Some of y'all, some, I need some of the brothers and sisters to help some of the white folks out. Okay? When you, when you, get, when you get in a black church and they get going and you see one go, whoo, glory. Like, like the wave just went through. That's saying, yeah, that's me. A lot of us need to say that, like, God, I know where I've been. I know what I, know what I said last night. Yet my value is not based on my mess. It's based on your son, Jesus, that you sent for me. That's a big deal. That's eternity. You see, nothing you have done can change your, can change your eternity. Eternity is a free gift. We talked about that in, in knowing God. Well, then my question is, why do so many Christians never discover their purpose? They never maybe get past the finding freedom. I'm going to give you these real quick. These are my thoughts. There may be more. See, I think I fight inadequacy. I think we fight in our mind saying, I can't be doing that. I can't be serving in the nursery. I can't. I could never stand on that platform because you don't know what I've done and what I've said. And I'm, I've said that before. You don't know how, how I told God where, what he could do when I, I didn't like how life was going. I, you don't know that I told God that he's done me wrong, that I hate God, that go away. I could never rise up to that level. You see, I could never be used by God. I'm not as good as those people. Well, the problem is you feel that way because what's guiding your feelings, what's guiding your tomorrows are your scars of yesterday. Some of that is by your own actions. Lord knows that the devil is trying to attack us. He does want to take us out. But most of what we've done, if we're honest, we've done right by ourselves. We didn't need God. We didn't need 
the devil to help us out. We managed to screw it up all by ourselves. We managed to say the ugly stuff. We managed to do, and I mean, it's all on us. But the scars of yesterday, if they're dictating your tomorrows, they become that baggage. And a lot of us, life never looks forward because we're too worried about what we're dragging behind us. Last week, I, right after service, I flew to Birmingham for some meetings with uh, the ARC, which is the, it's the church planning organization that we support. And I love and shout out to all my friends that I met at ARC last week. But on the way to the airport, um, actually, on the, once I got to the airport and I flew to Atlanta, and if you've ever flown to Atlanta, Atlanta's one airport, you don't go with less than 45 minutes of layover. That even if everything's on time, the, I think there's some little hateful man in Atlanta airport that says, oh wait, they're landing at A1. He's got 45 minutes. Yeah, let's send him to D40. And so I have 40, 45 minutes, and I'm at the back of the plane, I'm getting off the plane, and there was this lady who, she had to be a magician, because she carried in a bag that was yay big, a carry-on. And I don't know how she stuffed it in the overhead bin, but she, she shoved it in there. Well, when it went to come out, like she was like in a fourth row. So there's 32 rows of angry, hot, sweaty people, and me being one of them, and she's like wedging it out, and then she's got a guy helping her. I don't know how she got it in there, and they all had to tear the thing apart to get it out while my 45 minutes is going tick, tick, tick. And I thought, man, this lady's baggage is not only slowing her down, it's slowing me down. So I get off the, off the airplane, run up the jetway, look, A1, I actually checked my phone, A1, God, D40. And you take off running. And then it seems like everybody that, that had nowhere to go all decided to get on the escalator at the same time, right? And they get on the escalator and they block one side with them and block the other side with the bag. And they're just, doo, 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 doo. they're dragging stuff along. That, and I, I, I thought about Sunday as I was going through the airport, like, how much freeing would all of our lives be? See, I think your life not only, your baggage not only affects you, but husbands and wives, you're dragging baggage and you don't realize that you're affecting your entire family. You're dragging it along behind you. The hurt, the church hurt, the people hurt, the arguing, the fighting, the fussing, whatever may have been behind you instead of getting over it. And it affects all of us, the scars of the past. But here's the truth. You can't you can't live out your purpose until you settle your yesterdays. You have to settle this. This is not a, a maybe. This is a must. You have to let God heal you from this. You have to talk it out with people. Get in a group. I encourage you to go back last week and listen to the Finding Freedom message online. But you have to know this. If you take anything away from the day, remember this one line. And I thought... Last, a few weeks ago, I said the word poop, and everybody remembered the word poop, right? So I'm going to say the word poop, so you all remember this next phrase. Got it? Okay, here we go. God still sees you as capable of greatness. No matter how high the pile is that you're standing in, Clint, you don't understand. I'm standing up to here in mess. Clint, you don't understand where 
my, my relationship, my marriage, my kids, life, you don't understand. God can't see me as great. He does because he doesn't see you for what you've done. He sees you for what he's done and the son he sent for you. Look what the Bible says here in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, for we are God's masterpiece, and he's created us anew. Say it with me. Uh, one more time. Uh, you're not a old, you're not a used, you're not refurbished. He's created you new. That when your life hit Jesus, God says, I don't know, I no longer see that dented up, banged up life of Clint. I, sit, I now see, and here's why we say this about my daughter. I see Clint whole and complete and why? When my, when my life hit Jesus, that even as messed up as I was, God still says you're capable of greatness because I'm the one that helps you get there. See, the devil tries to keep you feeling, feeling inferior, inadequate. I, I can't do that. I, I, don't ask me to pray, Clint. Don't, don't ask me. To, I can't pray. You know, so, I, I don't know people like this. Anybody know somebody that can talk the letters off a stop sign? Right? They just like, Dear Lord, I mean, take a breath. But then you say, hey, can you pray? Like, you didn't just run out of words. Why? Because we feel, and oh, I'm, I can't, I'm inadequate. I don't say the right words. I don't say them in the right order. And the devil just beats us over the head with this. You see, the devil keeps us occupied on something else. That I, and I did this too, I chase diversions. I chase these rabbit trails of life. You know where God's taken. You know what God's asking you to do. You know what your one step is. The problem is we see something bright and shiny. And sometimes, literally, it's the bright and shiny thing. We go buy something we know we shouldn't have bought. Anybody been there? It's probably some of y'all's mistakes are parked in the parking lot, right? <laughs> or in the shed at home. Or parked at the dock at the river, right? It's a mistake, and, but it's, it, it diverts us. It could be anything. It could be work. It could be money. It could be hobbies. One of the, if you've never talked with Pastor Bob about hunting, go over here and talk to Pastor Bob about deer hunting. And he, I laugh at him every year because he says to me, I tell him, wouldn't it be nice if we could just sneak away on Sunday? I'll just let Melanie have the service, and he and I are going to go deer hunt. We're going to sneak away to a secret spot and go hunt. And every time he says no. And I say, Why? Because we got to be in church. And if we go to church and we hunt at noon when we're done, I know they say they don't come out at noon, but we walk over there at noon, and the biggest deer you've ever seen is going to come out at noon. It's a hobby. But even that hobby for us can distract us. We make excuses. Sometimes it's a problem. Life problems, family problems, work problems. We focus on that, and it takes us away from what is our one step. Sometimes I'm sad to say this, and there's some of you have been through some of the most tragic situations and tragic things in your life. Things that I can only rap, think about and I really don't know how to feel because I haven't been there. And it turns you away. And it makes us, makes us walk away. It directs us away from what is our one step. That one step where God, where we are, one step closer to where God wants us to be, the problem is we focus on something else and we forget about the step. We forget about moving forward. It's that part, I mean, put it this way, maybe this will ring a bell with you. Anybody can think about part of your life and you're 99.9% .9 sure 
that God did not write that portion of your life? That you took the pen from God? Said, no, God, I got this. I'm going to make my own decisions. I'll write this part of my story. We all have them, and they're distractions. The great thing about God is he says, hey, even though you got diverted, I'm going to bring you back. You've not gone too far to see your purpose complete. To find your purpose and to be a part of a life-changing thing. Look what Romans says here. This is out of the, the message paraphrase. It said, God's gifts and his call are under full warranty. Never canceled and never rescinded. God's not issued you something that is, anybody got the, the car warranty? You know, you buy it and then like two days after you buy it, something major happens. And you call them and say, hey, if this engine or something broke and I bought the warranty. And they say, ah, sorry, you missed us by two days. See, God's not that way. You didn't, you're not so broken that he can't fix you. You're not so broken. Other versions of this actually say irrevocable, that God never gets, gives up on you. So let me ask you this question. Here's the question of the day. How do we walk this out? How do we walk out what is our third section? Know God, find freedom, discover purpose. It's going to take us relearning something, especially if you were raised in church. If you weren't raised in church, then this will be a new for you. Either way, we need to get this straight. There's this word we hear in church called spiritual gifts. And when we hear the word spiritual gifts, there's a few crazy people, crazy Christians who hijack this term. And I like to tell people, and we blame, well, let me back up. We come in, we see these people, and they look crazy. They act crazy. They say crazy things. They live a crazy life. And we say, well, oh, that must be, they got, and they talk a lot about my spiritual gifts. Well, if that makes you crazy, I don't want that. But the problem is, they were crazy before they met God. We blame it on God, but the fact is, they were a few bricks short of a load before God ever came into the picture. Their attitude, their mannerisms, all that, and we blame God for that, especially if you've grown up in a non-denominational, charismatic church. Because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, look at this, that we have different gifts. It's talking to the church, this is you and me. According to the grace given to us. Now here's a, here's a lesson, and I, I got this from, from Melanie years ago because I struggle with English, so Greek and Hebrew is like beyond me. But let me give you a little bit of Greek, okay? The word grace is the word charis. And you ready? Here's what it means. Y'all, this is deep now, y'all ready? This is deep into the pool. It means grace gifts. That's all it means. It's where we get the word charismatic. We hear charismatic. Do you go to a charismatic church? Well, if you mean, do we feel like God's given us spiritual gifts and grace gifts? Yeah. If you mean, are we crazy, out of control, you know, out of order, then no. And we get lost in this word that's been hijacked by weird people. Grace is simply, God says, this is the word cares. I've given you these grace gifts. So again, the question of the day is, how do I walk this out? The first thing you need to do is you need to discover your gifts. You're going to find your purpose, and the way you're going to do it is discover your gifts. Well, Clint, I already know what I'm good at. Do you? 
Have you, have you honestly said, God, why am I here on this earth? That's why we're here. That's part of what we're, a church is supposed to do. Because when you discover your gifts, your gifts will point directly at your purpose. When you say, wow, I can, you know, I can do that. If you don't know, then we actually have a, a series of a personality and spiritual gift tests we can give you. We can walk you through it and show you how God created you and where, where you're, the best place for you to plug in and our dream team is. But the best way you know your gifts is to know the one who designed you. You know the one who wrote the book. The closer you get to God, the closer you'll get to understanding and seeing what God has for you. Because this is true. That design, the way God created you, reveals destiny. What you were built to do points you in the direction of what you should be doing. It's not rocket science. That you're perfectly built to accomplish everything God has planned for you. I want to show you this. I'm going to show you two things in just a second. Both intended to do the same thing, but in way different ways. Let me show you this. This is, this is a Bugatti Chiron Super Sport. Anybody want to guess how much that costs? Huh? Oh, you're close. Four million. Three point nine million dollars. You know how many seats it has? And if you're very large, you ain't fitting in them. So you could buy a car that you can't even fit in. Two seats. Three point nine million dollars. It will go three hundred and two miles an hour. For all of you gearheads, it has one thousand five hundred and seventy seven horsepower. Two people. Now, this is not a trick question. Answer when I ask the question. What is this designed to do? Yeah. Fast is an understatement. This is designed to suck the doors off anything else that passes. 300 miles an hour. I hate to even know what it costs to ensure that. This might be the one thing you could say, hey, Popo, see ya. You might be able to outrun the radio with this. 300 miles an hour. That, give you, let me give you a context. If you watched NASCAR last night, they were going around the track at 198 miles an hour. This is 102 miles an hour faster than the NASCAR people were driving yesterday. That's fast. Now look at this. This is the 2023 Ford Transit passenger van. You can buy this one for a measly $40,000, and it will hold 12 to 15 people. Now, what is this designed to do? Haul people. Can it go 300 miles an hour? Good Lord, I hope not. <laughs> right? So the design of each of those vehicles, a $4 million Bugatti, a $40,000 Ford Transit van. They're both vehicles, but one is designed to do something. If, the, if, a, if you and a family of 10 came and said, hey, I need you to recommend a vehicle to help me get this amount of people from point A to point B, is a Bugatti going to do it? Well, you can. Very quickly. What? Seven times. But the van says, no, my design says I'm designed to point 
toward this. I'm the efficient one to get people from point A to point B. The Bugatti was built to get people, one person or two people from point A to point B very quickly. You see, design tells you exactly what it's going to be doing in life. The Bible even tells us, look at this in Psalm 139. This is David writing and says, talking to God, says, you made the, all the delicate inner parts of my body. You put me together in my mother's womb. And then he says this, thank you much for making me so wonderfully complex that your workmanship is, is wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. And then he says, oh, how I know it. You have gifts in you. You were designed to do something. We had a, a lady years ago that came and said to me, I want to be on a team. I want to serve on a dream team, but I hate people. I thought, all right. We told, we still tell everybody, we, no matter who you are, no matter what you feel like your gifts are, we'll find something for you to do. You're going to be a part of a team. Well, I happen to know this lady made one of the best pecan pies just you've ever crossed your lips. So I had her start making pies and just going around delivering pies to people. And you know, after a while, she became a people person because it was no longer about people. It was, it was more about her gift. The, she began to use her gift. God put in her this gift to somehow make this magical pie, and it, it began to open people up to her. So the secret is, if you want to know your design, you got to get closer to the one who created you. you got to read your Bible. you got to pray. you got to show up. you got to let God get close to you. The second thing, you got to develop your gifts. Well, you find out what your gifts are. You discover them. And you, then you got to develop them. Before he puts the next phrase up, I'm going to tell you, this applies to everybody in the room. And this may be shocking to some of you. Are you ready? Go ahead and show them. I'll let it settle in. You weren't born an expert. If you were, you would, the doctor would have taken you from your mother stood you up, put you on the floor, and said, have a good day. Because you would have been born an expert. You can handle anything. Part of our job is to help you develop your gifts, develop those, and use them for what God's asked you to do. It's part of what God created. My job here is to create a place where you can have a process to develop them, to get saved people trained. It's developing those gifts. The Bible actually says this in Peter, that you must grow in grace and knowledge. The grace is that word charis, gifts, and the knowledge of Jesus and, our, and his, our Savior, Lord Jesus. You must develop them. That's why we do, and it's coming up in two weeks. Melanie announced it during, during our announcements, one, what we call One Step Connect. It's a one-stop shop. If you feel like God wants you to make this your home, you can come. We can get you connected. We call it getting your jersey, getting your playbook, and then getting your position. You're coming to find out who we are, how we run things, all the ins and outs of the church. And then we figure out, okay, now where can we put you? Where, where we can put Mark is going to be the most effective for what God's given him. What does his design tell us? And if you're that lady who was mean and don't like people, guess what? We're not going to put you at the front door. We're not going to put you out there snarling and snapping. Bill, good morning. Come to church. Come right on in. Stupid people. Get out of my way. You know? Those are not greeters. 
But if you can bake that pie and lay that out and let that wonderful aroma come on in and keep your mouth shut, yeah, we'll, push it. we'll, we'll find something for you to do. But One Step Connects coming up in two weeks, September 10th at 6 o'clock. And sign up on, your, on the Church Center app. You can go to the website and get you on. Come find out. Help us, let us help you develop your gifts because you need to know this. You need to take this in. You are important enough that Jesus died for you. You're important enough that because Jesus died for you to be sitting here and telling somebody beside you that Jesus died for you. Your story has more, more power than you can know until you let God use it and you share those gifts. We want you to find your place on the team. Find, find the place you were created to be. Because the two, I've, I don't know who said this, but I've used it for years. The two greatest days in your life are the day you're born and the day you fi- figure out why. The day I figure out the light bulb goes off. Oh, I get it that you begin to realize I can make an eternal difference. Ushers, you can do your thing. And this is the third one. So you discover your gifts, you develop your gifts, and then this may be shocking to some of you, but then you need to do something with your gifts. And there's some of you, if this shoe fits, then, then wear it. There's some of you who know your gifts. You know what God's created you to do. You know what you're good at, yet you're not doing anything with it. Your gift is the Bugatti. I can go fast. I can do that easy. And it's sitting in your garage, never been driven. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to encourage you. Use your gifts. Use your gifts. Look what the Bible says in 1 Peter 4. That God's given you each a gift from his great variety. There's that word, spiritual gifts. See, nobody freaked out. Those are the things that God's given us free. We didn't deserve. And it says, use them well. And say this last with me. To One more time. To Does it say to enrich your own life? To care about yourself? Is it all about you? No. It says you use them to serve one another. And if you don't know this, this is a good one to know too. When you do, God takes notice. I think, personally, that, the, that this actually makes God smile when he sees his people serving his people. When he sees his people giving of themselves in ways bigger than they could just as one of us, but as a group. Because look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6. It says, God is not unjust. He's not going to forget the work, the love that you had shown him. And then look what this says. As you have helped his people and continue to help them. So don't stop. Once you start doing it, keep doing it. And God says, I, I see it. That it makes a difference. Let me give you this. I really want to know why you're here on the planet. My purpose is to serve God. God gave me life. God gave, Bible says he gave me breath. Even if you right now or somebody in the room or online and you don't, you've never known God, that you can do that today. The Bible says he still gave you the breath you breathe, whether you believe it or not. Yeah. But here's the question we answer. 
How do I fulfill my purpose? I fulfill my purpose by serving God's people. God put me on this planet not to just be me, get me and all about me. He put me on this planet, then he saved me so I can go to somebody else and say, I'm no better than you, I'm just like you, and he can save you too. He saved you to sit in the chair to somebody beside you say, I was sitting where you were, lost, afraid, lonely, hurting, sick, and I just showed up and I knew God, I found freedom, then he pointed me at my purpose. And we'll talk about this next week, and next week I get to go make a difference. I get to be a part of something bigger than me. That should excite you. There's something in all of us that want to be a part of something bigger than us. Science and psychology, sociology has proven it over and over and over, and the world takes credit for it, but God put it in us because the way I fulfill my purpose, discover it, and then serve God's people. Amen? Amen. Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes. God, I thank you that for those of us in the room, maybe you don't know your purpose, that God, you begin to reveal that to us. That we discover our purpose, God, we develop our, our gifts. And God, that we use them to do something for you. Then you move on our hearts this morning. But first, God, I know for people in the room, maybe you're watching online and say, Clint, I can't do that. I've not done the first thing. I don't know God. I don't know. How, how do I know God? The Bible says it's simple and we never leave. We try to never leave this room without offering people a chance. The Bible says it's simply this, that you confess Jesus is Lord with your mouth. You believe it in your heart and you're believing that he did what he said he would do. He came, he died for me, he rose again and now seated at the right hand of the Father. He paid, paid your tab, he paid your bill. And God, I thank you for all those in the room. If that's you this morning, say, Clint, I, I, need, I need that first. I need to know God. Then I'll, I'll pray with you real quick. I just, I'm not going to pull you up front, not going to embarrass you, but I just, wanna, I just want you to wave at me. If you're online, you can send us a message. We just want to send you some next steps. Anybody else? All right, then as, real quick as a group, let's pray this with those people. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. God, forgive me for messing up. And today, Lord, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I thank you for those who prayed, even for those who maybe didn't raise their hand, but God, they just had a sincere conversation with you, that they know you. God, they know you now as a friend and God, they've been beginning to find freedom, discover purpose. And we thank you for it now, God, in Jesus' name. That we get to call upon the beautiful name of Jesus that saved me, that set me free, and brought me into the kingdom. And God, I thank you for that now.